are listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we bring keys, insight, and perspective to daily living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and welcome back. This is week three of our series, Summer Takeover, and each week we've had a a guest host. And so for week one, we had Michael Ty out of Los Angeles, California. Last week, we had Amani D out of Chicago, Illinois. And this week, Vantage Point is back in Tulsa, Oklahoma from an amazing guest host. His name is Joshua Lau. He's one of the pastors at Kirk of the Hills Church in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And I'm telling you right now, you want to tune in, you want to lock in. He has an amazing word for you and without further ado let's bring to the vantage point stage joshua lyle love what vantage point is doing and love um, that i get to do this with you and with other people and love that that we get to share perspectives and hearts and um uh, it's cool to see your reach and uh, congratulations on over 10,000 downloads and um, a bunch of new countries uh, listening to all that, that you have to share. And thanks for uh, creating a platform for other people. And um, I just have, you know, I've, the Lord's been stirring my heart. Uh, I'm an Old Testament guy. I, lo- I love the Old Testament. Um, and he had, he had been stirring in my heart this story that I knew really well. And, and there were just some things that came out of it I was, as I was reading through it in a different version um, that maybe I didn't see in the same way. And so I've been stuck in the book of Ezra for weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks. And, and I'm still doing all my other reading and still, still progressing, but I keep coming back to the book of Ezra. And Ezra has this really unique uh, call, uh, this really unique kind of, um, yeah, like job or commission from the Lord. And um, he's, he's a, a, he studied the, the, the story. He knows the narrative. He, he doesn't want to give people room to forget or, and he kind of wants to keep remembrance at at the heart of his ministry. And, and, you know, like you and I have been talking about, like what happens when people forget is um, and and then the next generation forgets and the next generation forgets. And how do we continue this, this remembrance theme? Um, But I've been reading in the message version, which I don't usually do. Um, but I, I do like the way that, that they phrase a lot of things. And, and one of the things that, the, the, that it says about Ezra is that he made his mark and that the wor- worship and text continue to be foundational for recovering and maintaining identity as the people of God. And so Ezra is uh, going to kind of rebuild the temple and take the people back to Jerusalem. Um, and there comes this point in chapter four where they've, they've started, well, at the end of chapter three, they've started to relay the groundwork for the, for the temple that had been torn down. Um, and there's this interesting part where it says, you know, as many uh, were shouting and praising many of the older priests, the Levites, the elders, and the family heads who had seen the first temple when they saw the foundation of this new temple laid, they wept loudly for joy. Like they had remembered what it was and now they're being able to, to presently see what will be again. And that's a, that's a, that's a great really cool, rare, unique space to be in. Um, but then in chapter four, um, the building is going to be stopped. And here's what, what it says in the message version. Um, Old enemies of Judah and Benjamin heard that the exiles were building the temple of God of Israel, the temple of the God of Israel. 
They came to Zerubbabel uh, and the family heads and said, we'll help you build. We worship your God the same as you. We've been offering sacrifices to him uh, since the last king of Assyria brought us here. Zerubbabel, Yeshua, and the rest of the family heads of Israel said to them, we're not going to do that. And here's the part that's been kind of hanging me up. They say, building the temple of our God is not the same thing to you as it is to us. We alone will build for the God of Israel. We're the ones King Cyrus of Persia commanded to do it. So these people started beating down the morale of the people of Judah, harassing them as they built. They even hired propagandists to sap their resolve. They kept this up for about 15 years throughout the lifetime of Cyrus, king of Persia, and on into the reign of Darius, king of Persia. And so what, what happens is they're, they're continuing this work. The foundation's been laid. There's a lot of joy, a lot of um, maybe sorrow in that like what's old has been gone, but what's new is now here. It's coming. It's, it's continuing. And these people come up against them and say, hey, we have the same mission as you. Let us, let us join you in this. Like, let, let's help. Um, but as, as people... No, not everybody's intentions are clear. Their motives are, are not always pure. Um, and the response that, that, that the people of God have, that, that Ezra's people have, is so unique. And then it says, um, it, it, they don't say, we don't want you here. They don't say, you're not allowed to be here. They don't say, um, let's defund this or whatever. Like they, they, they don't deconstruct it all. And they, and they certainly don't really stop what they're doing because of this. But what they say is, building the temple of our God is not the same thing to you as to us. Their response is a response of experience and value for the experience. So, so they, they, they're able to look back and remember because they have these old heads. They're able to look back and remember what maybe, maybe what the, what the first experience was like. They're able to, to recount some kind of splendor of what was they're able to, to, in a sense, have a, have a better vision um, because the people of the Lord remembered. They, these old priests, these older guys, these older family heads, they had seen what was, and that's the only real, real way to go forward in life is to remember what was. That way you can either, A, not go back there again or make what was even better in the future. Uh, the Lord is always calling us into more and, and more times than not, he is the more that he's calling us into. And so leaning into all that he has for us and, and, and really not allowing the work to be stopped um, because there's a lot of discernment in this, right? Like that there's this experience and the value of the experience that they don't hate the old experience. Uh, they might be sorrowful, but as Paul says, they're always rejoicing. Right. But then it doesn't mean the same to you as it does to us. Um, so they, they don't like belittle them to, to kind of continue their mission. But then it says, so these people, the, the people that have been denied, the old enemies of Judah and Benjamin, um, they started beating down the morale of the people of Judah, harassing them as they built. And they even hired propagandists to, to sap their resolve. They kept this up for about 15 years. And so when, when people don't get their way, what is it like hurt people, hurt people, right? Like when people don't get their way, they often turn uh, immature. Um, they often turn uh, kind of into everything they said that they would never be because they haven't got their way. Someone told them, no, um, maybe their plans were foiled or whatever. But what Ezra and his people do is they take this for 15 years. They just, they, they say, look, the, the work is going to keep going. We're going to do the best we can with what we have. We might not like where we are, but we are where we are because wherever you go, there you are. And, and so from this, we, we, 
kind of read through and we get to, to chapter eight in Ezra. And there's this part where, for, so, so 15 plus years now, they've, they've kind of been, been beat down by the crowd, by the, by the opposition, by the people who've been against them. And they're doing the, like the Lord's work. Like the Lord has ordained this work for the, for the Lord's people. Like, and, and there's still a ton of opposition. Um, but in chapter eight, it says this, they're, they're getting ready. Um, as Ezra is, is kind of getting ready to move again. They're, they're getting ready to take all these people to, to Jerusalem. Um, and, he, he gets permission to go and he's got all these people with him, but they're, they're kind of worried about what they'll meet on the way. Um, they don't really have any priest with them. They just have like a bunch of laymen. Um, and so, so, so they get some priests. So they say, Hey, give us some priests. No, nobody here is a Levite. We need to be clean. We need to do this the right way. So that's, that's an important message doing the right thing in the right way. Um, make sure that you're not wrong and all the right that you're doing. That's good. Um, but he says this in chapter eight. I proclaimed a fast there beside the Ahava Canal, a fast to humble ourselves before our God and pray for wise guidance for our journey, all our people and possessions. And again, this is, this is like another part that's got me hooked up on this. I was embarrassed to ask the king for a, ca- for a cavalry uh, bodyguard to protect us from the bandits on the road because we had just told the king, our God lovingly looks after all those who seek him, but he turns away in disgust from those who leave him. So we fasted and prayed about these concerns and our God listened. So he needs protection, not only from the people who have been beating up on them for 15 plus years, but also from anybody else they might meet on the road. They, they do need protection. They need provision. Um, but he is embarrassed <laughs> to ask the king for help because he already told the king, like the Lord has us, the Lord's got our back. And I'm, it just got, it gets me thinking like how many times uh, we, we continue to strive and do things. um, I don't know, maybe, maybe without the Lord and things fail. um, But then also the opposite of that would be like, how, how different would it, would it be if we had so much trust in the Lord that like, I'm, I'm not going to ask for anything from anyone because we had already prompt, like we had been promised by the Lord that he is for us, that he's with us, that he's working through us, that we have a good work laid ahead of us. And so I, to, to think like, I would be embarrassed to ask for help because the Lord's already promised me help. I don't, I don't, I don't need that from you. I have heavenly provision. I don't need earthly provision. And so I, I think that, that these two things, this, this, you know, responding with the experience that and valuing the experience that you're responding with, but also being able to trust the Lord that where he has you is where he has you and that where he will have you is where he will have you. And also for those um, who may be listening that have experienced a ton of heartbreak and heartache that where he has had you, he has had you like the things that you've gone through the things that you've experienced, the things that you are experiencing or the things that you will experience. Um, the Lord is very aware of those things and he's very much working in those things. I, I had a pastor say one time, we acknowledge the hard moments because God is in those two. And like, we, we acknowledge the, the really crappy things. We, we acknowledge um, the things that are confusing and tough because God is in those moments too. And there's, if I want to just kind of leave with, with one thing, Um, if I could maybe summarize Ezra's life um, or at least his ministry, um, I would, I would want to use one word and that word would be resolve. There is a, a holy resolve 
that surrounds God's people because there is a holy resolve that surrounds God. He is continuing to bear with his people and to be with his people. And whatever the opposition is, consider it um, maybe not unfortunate, but maybe consider it ordained that the Lord is putting these people, the Lord is putting this situation, this moment or whatever um, in, into, into your ministry, into your life, into your sphere of influence. That's what I tell my kids. You have a sphere of influence. Um, he's, he's putting these things in, in, in your way uh, so that as, as the hymn says, oh, for grace to trust him more. If it weren't for chapter four and the immense oppression that Ezra was experiencing and is experiencing, um, if it weren't for uh, maybe first and second Chronicles and first and second Kings where all these things had all, I mean, Israel's just going through it. I don't know if, if we would see the same response in chapter eight, where it would be, it would be below me and beneath me and embarrassing for me to ask for help from man after I just told them. No, like God's got us because we're trusting that God has us. Um, I think that through Vantage Point and through Nick and, and through through the churches in Tulsa and, and through, I mean, we are uniquely positioned to maybe leverage our influence um, for the kingdom in, in a very revivalific way. Um, and I don't even know if that's a word, but we're going to make it a word. We, we are uniquely positioned to show holy resolve to sit where they sit, as Ezekiel says, and to feel what they feel. Um, and then to ask the Lord for a burden and then to preach. I think that, that the response in chapter eight comes from the experience of chapter four and, and before that. And so if, if there's, if there's been a moment where you, I don't know, I don't know, maybe there's been generational sin or generational curses or what a generational lack, whatever, um, you know, you, you aren't those who were before you, they are a part of you, but you aren't them. And you have a chance in a moment now to say, holy resolve is the thing that I'm going after. And when no one else sticks in it, I will. And hopefully we'll get to the place where I think Ezra is, where he says, I've already told everybody that the Lord has me and I'm going to, I'm going to believe it. And when you don't, this is my favorite prayer in the Bible, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. So vantage point, we love you. We think the world of you guys and we are so grateful for the platform that you have. And I'm so grateful to share on here. And um, let's have some holy resolve.